Welcome to The Buzz, I'm Christopher Conover. For years, Nogales residents have been the unhappy recipients of water contamination that stems from a leaky cross-border sewage pipe. On today's show, we speak with a local hydrologist, Nogales city official, and a congressman who are all seeking to fix the problem. The International Outflow Interceptor, or IOI, is the cross-border pipe that carries 12 to 14 million gallons of sewage daily from Nogales, Sonora, and Nogales, Arizona, to a treatment plant in Rio Rico, Arizona. The treated effluent is discharged into the Santa Cruz River. In recent decades, the pipeline has suffered numerous cracks and ruptures, creating serious public health risks. Last month, the U.S. House of Representatives passed an amendment to put $4 million towards fixing the aging infrastructure. This year's state budget has $2.6 million to help repair that sewer line. That comes in addition to an existing $21 million in federal funds set aside for the pipeline. Ben Lomali is a retired hydrologist with the U.S. Department of Interior. The Nogales native met up with us at the Nogales Wash near Rio Rico. We walked down to a stretch of the wash in a deep, overgrown, and wide channel where a trickle of water meandered by. In 2017, one of the manholes connected to the cross-border sewage pipe ruptured near where we're standing. Loma Lee is on the board of directors for the Friends of the Santa Cruz River and has been working to improve the wastewater situation for years. The pipe runs underneath us here. We're pretty much standing right on it here, except it has been covered over with recent sediments. When people hear about the IOI crossing the border, obviously we're north of the border, so is this still part of the IOI? This system? is still part of the IOI. It runs nine, point, well, nine miles, 8.9 I believe it is, from the border to the wastewater treatment plant, which is obviously downstream from us a couple more miles. So when these pipes rupture, when the section of pipe ruptured in 17, not far, you know, just a short walk from here, so it was just raw sewage spilling out through this whole area? Correct. And of course, this area was flooded at the time. It was a minor flood, but nonetheless uh, enough to erode that uh, bottom of that manhole and it caved in. When we talk about a flood, how much flow was coming through the pipeline during the flood as compared to normal? Well, uh, as compared to normal, this is pretty much normal right now. It's not very high, as you can see, uh, probably less than 12 CFS right now. And that's just an ocular estimate. And that's cubic feet per Cubic second. feet per second, yes, sir. Now, the 2017 flood, when it ruptured, was uh, 4,390 cubic feet per second or so. That's obviously a big difference, but that's not a 100-year event. That's just kind of a normal monsoon flood? Right. That's a pretty normal monsoon flow, and uh, the duration of those flows makes a difference, though, because it tends to undermine slowly uh, and, and scour out a little bit. And that's water that's running down this waterway, not necessarily through the pipe, but over the top of the pipe and, and all the rocks and sediment that it brings, and that's what ruptures the pipe. Correct. It's the wash here. Once you leave Nogales, Arizona, city limits in there somewhere by the public works, it's no longer lined. It's no longer concrete lined. It's natural, like you see it here. It tends to meander. And of course, there's a lot of debris, including large boulders that we see moving through here with some of the bigger flows. 
And so where the pipe is either on one bank or on the other bank, depending where you are, and it crosses, or it just runs underneath like it does through town, just in the, in the riverbed itself. It's an old pipe, it built originally in the 50s, so this is, this is just going to happen over time until it gets fixed, right? Correct. Now, I believe this one is, was uh, built in the 70s. So how do you fix this? Well, if you want a permanent fix, you pull it out of the wash, or at least up on the banks where it can be protected. The railroad is right next to the wash, and look at the protection you have over here. But being in the wash or crossing the wash... Uh, you're very vulnerable in a natural wash, especially. And even upstream in Nogales, Arizona, where the wash is actually concrete lined, it has been threatened by some of those concrete panels being washed out. We'll meet up again with Loma Lee a bit later in the show. Next, we went to talk with Nogales Deputy City Manager John Kissinger about how the city views the wastewater challenge of the binational sewage line called the IOI. The biggest problem with the IOI is, unfortunately, Mexico doesn't adhere to the same standards of pretreatment and the usage of a sewage system as you would typically find in the United States of America. And unfortunately, the enforcement mechanism that we all share in the state of Arizona through ADAQ can't be enforced on Mexico. So when you get stormwater, uh, into the IOI, when you get uh, drugs uh, being smuggled through the IOI, you run into problems. So typically, a sewer pipe has little, little uh, maintenance involved with it. However, when you have, like I said, when you have stormwater surging, pressurized sewer pipe, when you have it in a, in a wash that has uncontrollable floodwaters coming down and it can damage it or, or erode wrote it and compromise it, that's when typically you have those problems. And the city of Nogales, Arizona, financially ends up on the hook for it because when it breaks in their problems, it's on our side. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest problems that we have. So that's why we're always looking to have a good open conversation with our federal government because our federal government, through the International Boundary of Water Commission, actually has a relationship with Mexico via treaty to deal with stormwater and sanitation and or sewage issues. So we look for our federal government to help the city of Nogales to deal with these international problems. There's a bill pending um, in both the House and Senate sponsored by Representative Grijalva, Senator McSally, Senator Cinema, the Fairness Act that's supposed to help Nogales, Arizona, get off the financial hook. Is that what's needed? Absolutely. That's one of the things that, that is needed. Now, the city of Nogales does recognize that that IOI also conveys the sewage that is produced by the ratepayers of the city of Nogales or the customers of the city of Nogales. But we do follow um, very closely all the rules for pretreatment and what you can put into uh, the sewage system. We don't put in our stormwater into the sewage system. So that Fairness Act talks a little bit about if there is cost sharing for doing some repairs or maintenance or issues that are caused by the international 
problems. The city of Nogales does not want to be on the hook or have to pay for that, nor, nor should the ratepayers pay for that. We believe that Mexico should pay their own fair share, and the mechanism for Mexico to pay their fair share is through the IBWC. And so people understand when it comes to population size and therefore contribution uh, amount of sewage, Nogales, Sonora is much bigger than Nogales, Arizona. Absolutely. The 5,000 or so customers in the city of Nogales is, is nothing compared to uh, Nogales, Sonora. Just to give an example, 92% of the sewage that flows through that pipe comes across the border. Only 8% of that sewage is Nogales. Nogales, Sonora does have a treatment plant on their side of the border. Has that helped with the situation at all? It has not, and I'll tell you the reason why. The wastewater treatment plant that was built in Nogales, Sonora, was built because by treaty, they're only allowed to treat 9.9 million gallons a day. The problem was is that the treatment plant that Nogales, Sonora built is uphill from where their collection system is. So they need to pump it. Pumping sewage, it's called a lift station, is difficult and expensive. If you don't take care of what goes into that sewage system, if rocks, boulders, car parts, and other things that will be typically found in a monsoon flooding situation, it'll damage those pumps almost immediately. So what happened? The pumps damaged. They can't send the sewage uphill, so it comes downhill and or through the IOI to the treatment plant. You just mentioned uh, what everybody in Tucson is waiting for, monsoon. Monsoon is different here because now it's a, it's a bi-national issue. Uh, Stormwater now becomes a cross-border issue, correct? Absolutely. Every single attributary to the Nogales wash, the, the wash that runs right through the middle of Nogales, all of them originate in Mexico. So without having uh, storm control, issues or or retention detention ponds built in Mexico, we're going to suffer for it on our end of of the line. Uh, In addition, during monsoons in Mexico, the streets will fill up with storm water and they don't have the adequate storm drain system to deal with the water and put it into the arroyos or the washes where, where it belongs. So they use the sewer system. You've worked in government. Realistically, is this problem solvable? Absolutely. It's totally solvable. Now, it's not going to be solvable tomorrow, but with time and the proper agreements and the proper understanding of what's going on, it's absolutely solvable. So how does the problem get solved? By adhering to strict pretreatment policies in Mexico coming up with a mechanism to make sure that they are followed with the United States standards, especially if you're going to send the sewage across the border, working with Mexico and helping them identify and fund flooding issues, repairing or slip lining the current pipe. And the reason why it needs to be slip lined is because there's been damage to the pipe over the years of misuse. And addressing issues and bank erosion by the Santa Cruz County Flood Control District along the Nogales Wash as from the border to, uh, to the treatment plant. The $21 million that is already there for fixing the IOI, then Governor Ducey got another $2.6 million 
and the federal legislation is trying to get another $4 million. Is that enough money to get things going or maybe even solve the problem? And if you were king for a day and they handed you $25 million to fix this, what would you do with it? I would absolutely start with the project of slip lining it. I think the slip lining portion, at least the last estimates that the IBWC had, I believe were close to $44 million. So roughly if they got $21 million, they could get half of it done. I think they should move right away. One of the problems is, is that the federal government or IBWC thinks that there should be a local cost sharing. We believe that the federal government just needs to step up and take care of it. And if there is a cost sharing, that we make sure that it's appropriate and that the, the citizens and the ratepayers of the city of Nogales aren't paying to subsidize the treatment of Mexican sewage. That was John Kissinger, deputy city manager of Nogales, Arizona. Slip lining, also called cure-in-place, inserts a new protective lining inside an existing pipe. You're listening to The Buzz. This week we're talking about a leaky cross-border sewage pipe called the IOI, which transports sewage from Nogales, Arizona and Nogales, Mexico to a treatment plant in Rio Rico. In 2017, a judge decided that a majority of the responsibility for the pipeline falls to the U.S. federal government, specifically the International Boundary and Water Commission. We reached out to the IBWC for comment, but they didn't make anyone available for an interview. Congressman Raul Grijalva has been working on this issue for a long time. He, along with Senators Martha McSally and Kirsten Sinema, recently introduced the Nogales Wastewater Fairness Act to clarify who's responsible for pipe improvements. It's something we've been promoting for quite a while. Uh, and because uh, representing Santa Cruz and specifically Nogales, uh, in, in this instance, you know, the, the, the IOI, that interceptor uh, drainage system, those pipes, for lack of a better word, uh, that, that, were, that have been bringing untreated sewage from Nogales, Sonora, Mexico, to the United States for treatment at the treatment plant. When this was first decided, and the State Department entered into an international treaty with Mexico in 1944, that as a gesture, uh, an issue around public health and safety, that we would treat it. At that point, you know, you're looking at Nogales with maybe a population of 20,000, and you're looking at uh, Nogales, Arizona with maybe a population of four or 5,000. Run the clock. Now 92% of the sewage that is coming into that sewage treatment plant that is at capacity is coming from Mexico. 8% is coming from the United States. And so that burden has been heavy. And, and you have an infrastructure built in the 50s, the pipes that bring that sewage. For that a much smaller population. Sm capacity issue and aging infrastructure like much of what we have across the United States. Now we've had breaks in it, seepage. Uh, every time there's a monsoon and the rains come and the and those arroyos uh, flood, more and more danger. And we had we've had at least in my tenure four or five major instances that have been patched up and averted a public health catastrophe and averted other things. But the fact of the matter that's always looming as a crisis. The United States government who entered into this treaty, says that the obligation for the maintenance and operation and the liability 
for anything that happens falls squarely on, on, on the city of Nogales. The fairness legislation says no. This is a federal responsibility, and as such, upkeep, MO, repair, and restructuring and redoing of that whole system, including capacity at the, uh, at the treatment thing, is a United States responsibility based on this treaty. And the federal agents have been reluctant. They'll come in on an emergency, but they will not continue the maintenance or, or do the upgrades and reconstruction that's, that's needed in that pipeline. That's the Fairness Act. The amendment that we got onto the legislation that is moving toward the Senate now is specifically that, uh, saying $4 million uh, from uh, the, the to the Boundary Commission for uh, for dealing with in addition to the 21 million that's already there uh, to begin to redo that pipeline. The reason that that amendment was important is because it shifted the responsibility from the local entities, i.e., the City of Nogales, Santa Cruz County, and put it squarely on the federal governments. That's why that amendment's important. It kind of draws on what the Fairness Act is, but puts it into practice in in an appropriation bill that needed to pass. The House passed our amendment, and so we feel that now that it goes to the Senate, that Senator McSally, Senator Sinema have an opportunity to retain that uh, that amendment in there, and finally have a definitive, it's your responsibility, federal government. And I've always believed that from the get-go, this is an international treaty. We can adjust it. The State Department and Commerce are the only people that can adjust this. And yet, the liability and, and $60 million worth of cost falls on a, on a community hard hit by other border issues that there's no way they can sustain that or, or pay for it. When it comes to getting this passed in the Senate, uh, even passed in the House and, and signed by the president, is the sense of urgency there for—it's bipartisan here in Arizona because it's an Arizona issue. You get it, Senator McSally, Senator Sinema gets it, but do all the other members of Congress and the president get it enough to finally get this pushed through? This has been going on for a long time. You know, 14 years for me. But, but, but it's longer than that. And as, as the stress builds up in terms of population in Nogada, Sonora, you know, from, like I said, 20,000 to 480,000 now, uh, that's not, that, that just aggravates that. Uh, and I think a lot of times what happens in the discussion of the border, borderland, needs on the border, it gets convoluted into this whole discussion about border security, immigration, the migrants, and convoluted by the sense that then it gets diminished as an essential issue because it's tied to this other issue, which is the politicized one that we get to see on television every day and hear on the radio every day and read in the newspaper every day. Uh, and, and so I think that's why there's been less of a focus on those kinds of nuts and bolts operating on the border, infrastructure, treaty obligations, transportation, all those things that feed commerce uh, and and provide some security and vitality economically to a community like New Orleans, Arizona, are, are put on the back burner while, we, while we're captivated with this other thing. We hear a lot about, when we talk or we hear about the border, border safety. One could make an argument this is safety, health safety. It's raw sewage flowing across the border. Untreated raw sewage, number one. Number two, the public health consequences of that, 
and the environmental consequences to polluting, contaminating an aquifer that feeds all of Santa Cruz County, damage to the, to the Santa Cruz River itself, uh, damage to structures, and the economic impact on, on, on communities that are already struggling to stay afloat economically. If this amendment passes the Senate, the $4 million, and if the related fairness bill goes through, how long will it take to get this all fixed? And can it be fixed, or does it need to be broken it, down and redone? I think there's $21 million that's been appropriated in the past, never utilized because of this question of jurisdiction and liability. Because rightly, Nogales and Santa Cruz County, particularly the city of Nogales, said, we're not going to accept that money if we are now tied to the liability and the maintenance and operation of this system. The long-term cost is probably in the 60s, 70s, and this is a phased program. And part of what this money has to be used for is to set up that phase. It becomes effective in January 220, that fiscal year, and the first influx of it will be to begin to draw down in the $21 million. That was Congressman Raul Grijalva. Back in Nogales, we caught up with retired hydrologist Ben Loma Lee just outside of downtown. So when we were talking a little while ago, we were at a more natural, wild part, if you will, at the wash. Now we're in Nogales. People can hear cars driving by on the roads on either side of us. This is a concrete-lined section, but the same wash, correct? Correct. And so if you look downstream, you see that the trees begin just to few yards from us, that's where the concrete lining ends for this uh, trapezoidal concrete channel. The IOI runs underneath this concrete lining. When the, the big floods come uh, due to monsoon and things like that, do these manhole covers pop? Or do we have problems with leakage this high up or is it all lower? Well, leakage is because the pipe is old and the bottom is eroded, the bottom, the invert of those pipes are eroded, so we have sewage leaking 24-7 into our groundwater aquifers. Uh, as far as the surface flows, though, that's a different story because uh, you have the floodwaters on top of the uh, wash and on top of the IOI. Most of the spews where the IOI gets pressurized are south of us, closer to the border is where those have occurred. So your training is as a hydrologist. What's the solution to fixing this? Well, uh, there's three problems with it. One is, like I said before, the groundwater leaking into the pipe, but also sewage leaking from the pipe into the groundwater. So that, the cure-in-place lining, will stop those leaks. But downstream of the lined area, the concrete lined area, the wash is natural. And the wash is not lined with concrete over there. So the... Uh, floods in that natural part of the wash can still erode the banks, erode the bottom, and expose that pipe and eventually break it because it's not just water in this wash when it's flooding. And there's also boulders rolling down, trees, even trucks and other appliances rolling down the wash that can crash into that pipe if it's exposed and rupture it. And so that that's a problem there. And then we also mentioned earlier the problem of uh, the manholes in the streets in Nogales, Sonora being lifted when there's flooding in those streets to relieve that flooding and that does pressurize the pipe 
And the solution for that would be to retrofit some better drainage in those streets so the folks there don't experience that street flooding and doesn't reach their houses and, and they don't have to put it into the IOI. So somebody comes to you and says, Ben, you're a native of this area, you're a trained hydrologist. We've got 25 or so million dollars. You're the man in charge, fix the whole thing. Is it enough and what do you do? It's not enough to fix the whole thing. But what I would do is two things right away. Put sensors in some of these manholes so that we know and we can detect when we have a problem, whether it's a rupture or a spew or a blockage. Sometimes they try to run drugs through the IOI and it creates a plug. And so sensors are very important, especially because all of this is underwater during a flood. And so we need to know Last time it took several days before they even realized they had a partial rupture down at manhole 89. So that would be the first thing. The other thing I would do is do a, a very comprehensive GIS to see what the feasibility and the cost of taking the IOI out of the wash, at least in the downstream natural portion, as opposed to facing repeated ruptures in the wash. Do you have any level of confidence that this will be solved? You said it can be solved, but will it be solved? Well, that's a great question, and I have faith, and I have hope, and uh, it's gonna take quite a bit more than 24 or 25 million dollars to solve the whole thing, because we also need to solve the flooding problem and the contamination problem down the wash uh, on top, not just in the pipe, because we're, uh, vulnerable. We're a community at risk and I'm not talking just about Nogales, I'm talking about everyone downstream from here because obviously the contamination affects a lot of people along the river. During that July of 2017 partial rupture, uh, we had super elevated E. coli counts all the way down to San Javier in Tucson. So it gives you uh, an idea and that was just a partial rupture uh, imagine if all of the vulnerable spots went at once. So we all have to work together and get our political leaders to put the money into this uh, international infrastructure to protect a large community at risk. That was retired hydrologist Ben Lomalee of Rio Rico. And that's the buzz for this week. On July 24th, we'll be hosting a live show in Tucson discussing neighborhood change and gentrification. We want your thoughts. Call 520-621-5999 and leave us a voicemail about how your neighborhood has changed and how that's affected you. Once again, the number is 520-621-5999. You can find event details on our website and social media pages. Ariana Brocious produced and edited the show. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Andrea Kelly is the news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.